Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Elevated Life Podcast. I am Noelle Cuero and today I want to talk about making decisions out of fear or making decisions when you're in sound, logical, educated frame of mind. It This topic came up for me because I have several clients right now who have varying stages of cancer or basically a cancer diagnosis. Now, you know, I the word cancer is such a scary word for most people. I, I don't see it as a scary word. I just see it as a word that describes a toxic body because that's really all cancer is. It's just, it's toxins that build up in the system and they create cells that don't behave the way they're designed to behave because uh, our cells, the trillions of cells we have in our body are programmed to you know behave a certain way and when the body isn't getting what it needs and it's getting too much of what it doesn't want or need uh, the cells don't behave the way they should and they go they basically go rogue and so they're basically healthy regular cells that become unhealthy that's really just as simple as it is so the word cancer is used to describe um this this process and it's it's very interesting because if you replace cancer with toxins if you replace that word with toxins i don't know if that's as scary to people um but i kind of like to do that because it's just all a matter of wording so when somebody gets a cancer diagnosis what they're basically being told is these cells are not behaving the way they're supposed to and they're either growing tumors or they're cutting off blood supply or they're sucking out you know the the good stuff from your body and you know kind of poisoning your body so since i come from the school of thought that nutrients win every time you know all the body ever wants is nutrients in order to perform as it was designed to perform and instead the body very often isn't getting nutrients it's getting the opposite of nutrients it's getting a lot of chemicals and uh all sorts of other craziness during the day so if the body isn't getting nutrients much less the right amount of nutrients or the right ones it will begin to perform less than optimally for us that's just as simple as it is so that's what cancer is so when i get it when I, when somebody comes to me with a cancer diagnosis whether it's stage one or stage four i approach it mentally always from this the same vantage point which is why do you think you got here in the first place because the first step is to always kind of look inward instead of looking outward like who can save me who can help me who can take all this away who can make all this go away and make this all better i i really you know like people to initially look inwards and ask themselves why do you think this is happening in your body right now some people really have no idea and you know i'd say that's a minority minority of people will have no idea if i ask that question they'll say i really don't know i did everything right i'm so healthy i eat really well i exercise i've been active i don't know why this happened and but the majority of people have ideas of of why this happened uh 
And so this is where we begin. We begin to start looking at why do you think your body's in the state that the immune system wasn't quite strong enough to handle the rogue cells like it's designed to do. The immune system's designed to handle the rogue cells or the cells you know that it, that it doesn't want. It does it all day long. The body's eliminating cancer cells all day long. We don't know it. We're not aware of it, but it is. It's only when things get discovered that, you know, we, we become scared. And very often things are discovered in our body. Even though the body's handling it, it's discovered and then we're made to freak out about it. So we're, we're led to believe that uh, an, an insidious cancer is growing inside us. Let's say they caught it at stage one. Oh, you're so lucky. We got this early. We caught this. We're going to save your life. Now you can do chemo and I can do radiation. We're saving your life. You're so lucky. That's one way to look at it or another way and this is a, this is a fact that they've realized for many years is that they do catch cancers early but those are cancers very often the body's eliminating on its own as already the body's actually getting rid of it and handling it and a month later you would it would it wouldn't be there because the body took care of it so it's very interesting with all these scanning and tests how they catch things for in the body that very often the body's handling on its own already but sometimes it's not. Sometimes the body isn't handling it and that's when we start to get symptoms and we go, wait, something might be wrong. You know, what do I do? And then that's when most people panic, right? Because I think innately, deep down inside, most people are worried about cancer because it's such a huge, prevalent, scary diagnosis. And most people now know somebody who has had cancer or who died from cancer. So it's very, very scary for people, especially if they know somebody who had cancer and died and they saw them suffer and they saw them struggle and they saw the how horrible they felt and they saw what the treatments, the medical treatments did to the person. So people get post-traumatic stress, you know, when it comes to cancer and, and it's traumatic. It's very traumatic for a loved one to watch another loved one suffer especially for kids or children or children you know watching their parents suffer or even parents watching their children suffer I mean either way it's it's just horrendous and it does create a lot of post-traumatic stress for people so they almost become paralyzed by fear and worry and they get stuck in that mindset of what if or not even what if sometimes, but when people assume it's going to happen to them, it's just a matter of time. And so there's a lot of theories on, there's a lot of uh, theories of thought or, you know, ways of thinking for people on this topic. Some people say, well, I'm probably going to get cancer. I may as well enjoy my life and party and do whatever I want, eat whatever I want, smoke whatever I want, take whatever I want, because I'm going to die anyway. I'm probably going to get cancer. So, you know, there's people like that. Uh, and then there's other people who think, wow, I would love to do anything possible to prevent this from happening. You know, but they're also very scared. They're doing it out of fear as well. So you have two sides. People are going crazy and, and doing, you know, throwing all caution to the wind because they're afraid. And then you have people on the other end of the spectrum being so worried about getting cancer that they'll do anything to try to prevent it and they go to the other extreme where they're they're just constantly worried and and 
trying to eat perfect and do perfect and be perfect in, in whatever they think perfect is. So I've, I've, I've had clients who've had cancer diagnosis who've on paper, you would think, why would they have cancer? I mean, you would look at their health history and you would look at what they, how they live their life and everything they've been doing and you would think, how is it even humanly possible that this person would get cancer? Then you, then a lot of people would say, see, it doesn't matter what I do. This person was super healthy. They ate this way, they, they exercised, they competed in triathlons, and how did they get cancer? So if they got cancer, I'm for sure not gonna do that because I'm not nearly as strict as they are and they got cancer so I may as well do whatever I want and you know I understand all that like I understand all these ways of thinking I mean I'm a human being so I, I and I I understand the human psyche so I get it I get all these different rationales I really do uh, and and sometimes I even get a client and I think you know, yeah, on paper you look like, why would you have cancer? But there's always, always, always red flags. Always. And sometimes the red flags are just not as obvious as they would be to the average person. So when I go over a health history with somebody and I ask very specific questions when they fill it out, we, um, excuse me, we go back to their childhood. We go back to their vaccination schedule. We go back to their the antibiotics and medications they took as a child. We go back to how they were raised. What kind of household were they living in? Was there lots of fighting? Was there violence? Were there, was there drug abuse or alcoholism in the family? Were, was there emotional abuse? Was there a lot of activity? Was What kind of food was everybody raised on? Uh, were you that what were you free to express your mind were you encouraged to be yourself were you kept were you made to feel bad about everything was there a lot of guilt was it an overly strict religious home where you felt guilty about everything was was there a lot of hypocrisy in the house where your parents told you not to do things yet they were doing them themselves and on and on and on it goes that's when you start seeing patterns and red flags in people's thinking and in their behaviors. And that's when you start to uncover why somebody starts developing cancer. Because it's not just what you're eating, drinking, or how active you are. It's your mindset, your beliefs, your thinking patterns, your emotional responses to things, your reactions to stress, how you manage stress, how you hold in your feelings or don't, how you stay angry or don't, and on and on and on it goes as far as why people develop cancer. Now, the point of doing this podcast right now is to just kind of touch on this because we're all very uniquely different, yet so similar. You know, human beings are very, very similar since we, most of us really do want the same things. And when you get a diagnosis of cancer and a doctor tells you, okay, well, this is, the, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to do this many rounds of chemo and then you're gonna do this many rounds of radiation. And well, does it matter what I eat? No, it's not gonna matter what you eat. That doesn't make a difference because this is what oncologists tell people. It won't matter what you eat or drink or do. Just 
Now by law, oncologists have to prescribe chemotherapy if you have a diagnosis of cancer by law. They will lose their medical license if they do not prescribe you a treatment protocol that has been outlined for them by the medical association that they are a part of and also by the pharmaceutical companies. So they have to abide, like, like the big mafia, they have to abide by certain rules or they will lose their license. So even if an oncologist says to you, I don't believe this is going to work, it may give you a few more months of life, let's say they say that to a terminally ill or a stage four cancer diagnosis, you know, we know for a fact this isn't gonna save you, but it might extend your life by a few years, um, a few months. Then, you know, they have to say that, they have to prescribe it even if they don't want to. They will lose their license if they don't abide by these laws. I know, I've known many oncologists who don't agree with the recommendations, yet they have to say it. And this is very hard for a lot of doctors now because they have so many rules they have to follow so that they don't lose their license and their livelihood. It's very, it's very tough. So I'm not defending doctors, but I am saying that they don't have it easy right now. And there's a lot of great doctors and really, really great, well-intentioned, bright doctors who they, they have to do things differently or step out of the regular medical world if they wanna practice how they wanna practice. Because if they don't prescribe these drugs, even though they know the drugs will kill you, and even though they know you'll die from the drugs and way before you'll die from cancer, they still have to, they have to prescribe it. So what I always tell people is, start educating yourself now. Do it now. Don't blow it off. Start reading books written by brilliant doctors who teach you and talk about not only their own personal experiences of healing from cancer naturally, but of patients who do, and they, they'll tell you step-by-step step how to do it. There's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant doctors out there who've written books to help people like you make better, more informed decisions. There's a doctor who just wrote a book that says, don't trust your doctor. I think, I think that's the name of it. There's another doctor wrote a book said, doctors are gonna kill you. I mean, there are really outspoken doctors now who can't believe the system that they were a part of because it's a very broken system right now. And if they don't follow the rules, they're out. You gotta play by the rules because, and the all rules lead to where the biggest money is. Money, money, money. So remember, when you heal, you're not a repeat customer and repeat customers are the only thing that keep businesses going. And repeat customers come back out of fear. Empowered customers don't come back. So when you're educated and empowered and informed, you don't go back from more poison. You realize that only nutrients heal the body, only nutrients build the body up, only nutrients restore the cells, and only nutrients can push out toxins, and only nutrients can heal a damaged body. That's it.
It will always be it. It's that simple. So if there's any books you're interested in me recommending to you to read, to start empowering yourself and educating yourself on how do I really, really create a strong, healthy mind and body now before I get a diagnosis and then I'm scared out of my mind and I can't think straight and then I just listen to what they tell me to do and I do it because I, I don't know what else to do. And very often people don't have maybe the financial means to go seeking alternative solutions and very often alternative, alternative solutions don't take insurance. Of course they don't take insurance because the insurance system is backed by the pharmaceutical system which is backed by the medical system and it's a big triad of greed that they all feed each other. They keep each other going. So of course insurance doesn't support cures even though you, you, you would logically think they would. They think, well, you're gonna save money if you get people healthy but that's not the way it works. They make money by keeping you sick. So in order to get really, really good solutions and really, really good answers and education and, and to make informed decisions, what you wanna do is educate yourself now. Educate yourself now about how the body heals. And, and some of the good things to do on Google is healing the body naturally, healing from cancer naturally, healing autoimmune diseases naturally. There's literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. And there's, there's video series on YouTube for free now. The Truth About Cancer, The Quest for the Cures. Oh gosh, there's so many on YouTube to start watching. Just start educating yourself and start questioning things more. Question things. I mean, don't be such, you know, don't, sheep get slaughtered. That's the term and that's the truth. So if you want to just listen to what everybody says and go in the middle, unfortunately, the middle is, is not what makes it. So educate yourself, empower yourself now, learn how the body heals, educate yourself on nutritional healing, cellular healing, metabolic typing, reversing healing cancer naturally. And you'll realize it's not that it's not that complicated. It's a it's a very si simple process, but the name of the game is consistency and determination and belief. Because it's not what you do one time; it's what you do every single day, over and over and over and over. That's what creates healing. So anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about today. I hope this was inspiring or helpful, and I look forward to hearing what you think. Please, please, please leave me comments, feedback, and if you're interested in hearing some books, let me know. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye.